Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. If you uh, have your Bibles this morning, I'll be in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start a new series today entitled The Christmas Option. I always love fresh takes on familiar stories. We're all familiar with the Christmas story about the birth of Jesus Christ. So I want to credit my inspiration for this sermon series. There was a devotional that came out a couple of years ago called The Christmas Option. And I'm going to inspire myself from that for this series. You know, when it comes to the Christmas story, many times we sort of tune it out because we've heard it before. We, we know about baby Jesus. We know about the wise man. We know what happens And so we do a disservice because we're familiar with what the story is. Uh, Many times we romanticize the events of the nativity, whether it's Christmas cards, postcards, plays, carols. Uh, We we go, I've sung that all my life. I I know these stories. Uh, What I want to do this time is for us to enter the story ourselves. Imagine what you would have done if you were Mary or Joseph or Elizabeth. We're going to talk about all three of those in the Christmas story today. And once you walk in their shoes, you're going to realize that they had options. They could follow God or not. And you and I have the same option today, the Christmas option. We can follow Jesus or not. It is your choice. And so with that said, today I'm going to talk about how God works despite our um, disappointments. You know, for many folks, Christmas is the most what? Wonderful time of the year, right? And uh, we all have wonderful, hopefully good Christmas memories. Uh, And as you get older in life, then disappointments set in. Um, And sometimes that becomes associated with the season. Maybe you've lost a loved one during the holiday time, and it always makes it a little bit harder. Uh, Maybe... You have difficult family members that you dread seeing once or twice a year, and you're just hoping you can get through it without any, you know, wreckage, right? And then, of course, maybe, maybe you're just one of those, you're not a Scrooge, but maybe you're just not really into, you know, the Christmas scene, uh, or maybe it's just never met your expectations. Whatever it is, we've all had our fill of disappointments, particularly at Christmas time. And I want to go back and look at a familiar story, and I want you to enter their shoes to see how they handled the difficulties, the hardships, the disappointments themselves. Before we go there, I found this great quote. Someone said, disappointments are like weeds in a garden. You can let them grow and take over your life, or you can root them out and let the flowers sprout. That's good, isn't it? Uh, Look, if you will, in Luke chapter 1 is where I'm going to start this morning. The Gospel of Luke chapter 1. And this is where Mary finds out she's going to have a baby. In Luke 1, 26, the Bible says, In the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. 
stop right there. You're minding your own business. And then here comes an angel. And they uh, call out to you. And they say, greetings, the Lord is with you. Oh, no, what now? You ever had good news for somebody and you couldn't wait to tell them? And that was their response. Oh, no, what now? Yeah, I unfortunately get that sometimes, Brother Don. You know, you go up to somebody, oh no, they're asking for something. What now, right? And so here is Mary. She's like, oh no, what now? But the scripture says even more that. It says that she is deeply troubled. She is disturbed, wondering what is going on. And the angel senses her heart and knows her fear. And he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And then Mary asked the angel, How can this be? since I have not had sexual relations with a man. And the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. And what is her response? She goes, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. I don't know about you, but I I try to put myself in Mary's shoes. What faith she had to go from being troubled and deeply disturbed. Oh no, what's going on here? And then the the angel of the Lord tells her, you're going to be pregnant and and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to conceive and you're going to have the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, uh, for her to respond ultimately in saying, I'm the Lord's servant, whatever you say, Lord. What an incredible attitude she had. You know, her response to being pregnant was surprising. I mean, you can see her going from, oh no, what's going on, to how in the world is that going to work, to okay, Lord, if that's what you want. And that was her Uh, approach. That was her response. That was her attitude. Uh, Look, if you will, in Luke 46. In Luke 46, she goes to see Elizabeth, and now praise is on her lips. And we have this song that Mary sang in Luke 146, and Mary said, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because He has looked with favor on the humble condition of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and His name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear Him. He has done a mighty deed with His arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering His mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And so here is Mary. The point is this, disappointments are opportunities for us to worship God. Disappointments are opportunities for us to worship God. Here is Mary, 
she's disturbed, she's deeply troubled. What is God going to do in my life? And I'm sure, even though the scripture doesn't say it, I'm sure at some point her mind thought, what in the world is Joseph going to think? And, and all of that. And yet, she turns it all around and she worships God. You know, you and I have an option this Christmas. You know, when we face our disappointments, we can either worship God and see what he does, or we can not. And that was the choice that Mary had. God interrupted her plans, and God surprised her with favor and blessed her with something she didn't see coming. And so that disappointment became a source of worship. What about Joseph? Look, if you will, in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I really can't imagine being Joseph. I tell you what, uh, when I read this story through the eyes of a father, and when I look at it through the eyes of Joseph, he truly was a, a righteous man. And in Matthew 1, 18, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way, as Matthew writes. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Now, if you read that and you don't know the, the, the customs of that day, you'd go, what in the world is going on? In, in Jewish culture in that day and time, once a couple became engaged to be married, the only way that engagement could be broken was through divorce. It was that binding. And so here is Joseph. Um, if you found out that your fiancé is pregnant and you know you're not the dad, what are you going to think, right? And so he's thinking, I, I'm going to do this quietly. I don't want to humiliate her. Uh, probably all trust is gone. And so he's going to divorce her secretly. But God intervenes in verse 20. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." Now, isn't this so good? Both the mom and the dad that will raise this, this Christ child, baby Jesus, who is the Lord, they both have been uh, encountered an angel who has announced what is going to happen. And both, in most instances, the angel has told them his name will be called Jesus. Now, all of you that have been parents, you should appreciate that. Do you know how hard it is to agree on a baby name? It can be hard. And so both of them know the name is Jesus. And so uh, they're on the same page here. And the angel says, this is from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's from God. It's not from man. That's why she's pregnant. And here's why I want you to name him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Isn't that good? Uh, we have a Savior and his name is Jesus. And then uh, it goes on to say, because Matthew wants us to understand the big picture here. He says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And he quotes Isaiah. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son 
and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. You know, the virgin birth, some people still scoff at that today. But I believe it because it's in the Word of God and it's, it describes the power of the God whom we serve. You know, we have a God who saves sinners. He raises the dead and He can even cause a virgin to be pregnant. All of that is in Scripture. He is a God that can do anything He wants. He spoke this world into existence. And so it's amazing when we look at how great our God is and what He can do. But Joseph here, he discovered that his fiancée was pregnant. And the only rational explanation would be she broke the promise. Uh, you know, who, who's the dad? And at that point, I'm sure initially when he found out she was pregnant, before he knew all the details, it, it probably was devastating. Probably very discouraging, very disappointed. And yet, what happened? We learn here that disappointments are opportunities for us to trust God. That's the second thing I want you to get. Disappointments are opportunities for us to trust God. You see, here is Joseph, and he may be disappointed until God intervenes, and the angel uh, comes to him in a dream and tells him exactly what's going on. In both, in both of these stories, Mary and Joseph, the very first words that the angel says, don't be afraid. You know what? If you are going to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life, you cannot live in fear. You cannot uh, walk in fear. You just can't have an attitude of fear. You can't worry about what could happen, what might happen, what's going to happen. You have to trust God. You have to take the disappointments of life that you face, and you've got to turn them into opportunities for you to worship God, opportunities for you to trust God, and keep on focusing on the Lord. Well, let's look at another part of the story. Go back, uh, or excuse me, yeah, go back to Luke chapter 1 again. Luke chapter 1. And here, we, you know, we, we see where um, here is uh, Mary, and she's just received this news from the angel that she's going to have a child through the Holy Spirit, and then the angel tells her, consider your relative Elizabeth. She has even conceived a son in her old age, and this is her sixth month. So here is uh, Elizabeth toward the end of her second trimester, and it's, uh, she's kin to her, and now she's going to go see her. And so look, if you will, in Luke 1, verse 39, in those days Mary set out, and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing a thread here? As you begin to see this story with fresh eyes, you see how the Holy Spirit of God is at work in all of these scenes. And then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. And so now Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, already knows that Mary's got some news. 
already knows what's going on. You know, God is in control. He is not surprised uh, at what happens in life, what we face in life. He is always with us, and He is there for us. And there in verse 56, it says that Mary stayed with her about three months, and she returned to her home. So Mary stayed with Elizabeth three months, six months, nine months, almost up to the time that the baby was born, and then she left and went back home herself. When you look at Mary and Elizabeth, you will see two people that were kin to one another going through the same thing at the same time, and now they are encouraging one another. Now, back in the day, you know, you might want to keep things hush-hush and quiet-quiet. This was not a story of Mary getting out of town because she's pregnant and everybody's wondering who the daddy is. It wasn't that at all. She heard from the angel, Elizabeth, whom you're, who's your relative, is pregnant. Oh, I can't wait. I want to go see her. And when she did, they began to have this wonderful time of encouragement. The third thing I want you to see today is this, disappointments are opportunities for us to encourage others. You know, sometimes when we go through disappointments, we are going through things so that God can use that to help someone else. Someone said that God helps us go through what we're going through to help others get through what they're going through, and I suppose that is true. Here is Mary and Elizabeth, and uh, they are spending time together. And Elizabeth was older, and she could never have children. And I guess she accepted the fact, well, I guess I'm not going to have a child. And yet she ends up having a child. And you know who it was. It's John the Baptist, the forerunner, the messenger who would go ahead of Jesus, preparing the way of the Lord. And then here is Jesus, and he is right on time. I want you to understand this today. Disappointment is a tool that God can use. When you look at this Christmas story, we really do have options. This year, this Christmas, you have an opportunity to worship God. You have an opportunity to trust God. You have an opportunity to encourage others that probably need somebody to lift them up and encourage them and pray for them. But it's still an option. You can choose to follow the Lord, to trust the Lord, to worship the Lord and encourage others or not. But when we don't do it, we miss out on what God has for us. In this original Christmas story, can you imagine being in the shoes of Mary and then getting those news? Would you be able to make the transition from, oh no, what, what's going on? To, Lord, how's that going to work? To, Lord, I'm your servant. If that's what you want, go right ahead. Can you imagine being Joseph and wondering what is really going on, wondering what other people are thinking, and then realizing that the one you love is going to have a baby and you're not the dad. And then you have a dream from God, a vision from God. You have a visit with an angel that says, hey, don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit has done this. Would you be able to make that leap of, yes, Lord, you're in charge. And then... To see Elizabeth, someone who had lived life, was older in years, who had given up on her dream, who had given up on her hopes. I guess it's never going to happen. And then lo and behold, what happened? She became pregnant and had a son. And then on top of all that, here comes your relative to see you 
And as soon as she walks in, the baby leaps inside of her. That was a significant moment for Elizabeth. And it shows a foreshadowing of how there was a connection between John the Baptist and Jesus. And whenever John the Baptist was around Jesus, he wanted Jesus to be greater and he to be less. What an amazing story is. What an amazing reminder it is that you and I have this option this year at Christmas. Will we worship God? Will we trust God? Will we encourage others? You know, don't miss the the whole point of the story. The Holy Spirit did a work here. And then the Holy Spirit said, His name shall be Jesus. Why? Because He will save His people from their sins. Did you know that's why Jesus came? Did you know that's why He was born? He was born to not only live, but to ultimately die, to die for the sins of the world. He is our Savior. He fulfilled the prophecies that the Old Testament wrote about Him. He fulfilled every single one. I used to have stats, Brother Don, on the odds of just eight things in the Old Testament, the odds of it that one person could fulfill eight of those prophecies. He fulfilled a lot more than eight. He fulfilled most of them when He came, The first time, he'll fill the rest of them when he comes back again. But the point is this. Jesus, he fulfilled the prophets. He was the promised Messiah from Abraham, from Jacob, from from David. He is the one that the prophecies pointed to. He also fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law in a positive sense and in a negative sense. And you, you might say, well, what do you mean by that? In the positive sense, Jesus fulfilled the law because he never sinned. He never did anything wrong. He always did what the law required. He also fulfilled the law negatively. What do I mean by that? All the things that you and I have done to break God's law, He took upon Himself the penalty of the law. You know, the Bible says, Cursed is He who dies on a tree. And Peter really wanted us to understand that the cross was a tree. Which means that when Jesus died on that cross, He took upon Himself our punishment and the penalty of the law. He did it for you and I. So He fulfilled the prophets. He fulfilled the law. He never broke one, and yet He took upon Himself the penalties of the law because we broke the law. And He died in our place. He did it for you, and He did it for me. He died for our sins so that you and I might live. So that you and I might receive this free gift of grace, the gift of eternal life. What an amazing God we have. You know, it rocked the world back then, and it still rocks the world now. Because this Jesus who came, who lived, who died, who rose again, is coming back. And He has forever changed our lives. And this Christmas, you have an option. You have a choice. You can hear the same old, same old that you've always heard. Oh, yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah, Jesus in a manger. Yep, next week you're probably going to talk about the, the wise men and all these things. But you still have an option. When you look at this fresh, uh, familiar story through fresh eyes, will you choose to trust God? Will you choose to worship God? Will you encourage others because of what God's doing in your life and in their lives? 
and realize that Jesus really is the reason for the season, that he died for our sins. Let's all stand. I want to ask musicians to come. This is our time of an invitation. This is your time to respond to God. You know, the good news is that Jesus uh, came and he died on that cross. He took our place. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. He died the death that you and I deserve. And now he offers salvation to anyone who is willing to come to him. If you've never took that first step, Maybe today God is calling you to leave your old life behind and to come and trust and follow Jesus. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact a pastor, please visit phbcsomerset.com.